could listen to you all day, but I won't. The, <laughs> the next movie we're going to talk about is Dawn of the Dead from 2004, the remake. Damn, son. Now, this was one that, the, this was one that I was a bit split on at first, but mm. I wanted to add it because I'm not, as, as people who've listened, no, I'm not the biggest fan of Zack Snyder's filmography. You know, I think that he's a, with the right script, he can do something really good, which was proven within this film. Mm. Now, Angel, go ahead and tell the people what Dawn of the Dead 2004 is about and what you thought about it when you first watched it. Yeah, absolutely. Dawn of the Dead came out in 2004. It's one of my favorite zombie films. One of my, I think it's arguably Zack Snyder's best film um, I would say to so. date. And it's because of how strong that script is. So his collaboration with James Gunn is, is really impressive to me. But basically, Dawn of the Dead, it's a remake of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead of the same title, which is also an iconic horror film. Um, it's been years since I've seen George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I believe it came out in 1978. Um, it, it's been so many years since I've seen it, so I would have to revisit it in order to give a fair, uh, um, a fair critical analysis on it. But just to let you know, if you haven't seen George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, it's it's perfect. It's iconic, and George Romero really is the master of social commentary in horror. Um, truly, especially if you watch uh, any of his films, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, watch any of his films. He well, maybe not, maybe not later. Yeah, maybe not later years, but um, he's definitely the the master of, of social commentary. But um, Dawn of the Dead basically it it gives us these um, unorthodox characters. You know, for example, like um, you know, a police officer, a salesman, and other survivors in this worldwide aggressive uh, pandemic of zombies, and they are you know trapped in this mall and they're trying to survive. That's basically the. Uh, the uh, plot for Dawn of the Dead and it's yeah. wonderful, man. I, I loved it when I saw it. I think Zack Snyder's flair with this movie really was, it's very visually appealing, but because the characters are so strong, this movie is more than just a, a visual treat. It really yeah. does offer something to say, um, especially when, when, a, when a world is ridden with evil and, and crime and corruption, um, it's inevitable that that hell will become uh, will transcend to earth. And it just, it's such a great outlook on um, just the repercussions of an apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the most staggering things for me when it came to this movie was uh, for one thing, the character, because I think this is so, the characters are so rich within this, which mm -hmm. obviously, you know, James Gunn's script, I think is a big reason as to that, but it was so it felt so different than a lot of his other movies, like mm -hmm. Zack Snyder's films. Like, I don't think any of his other films have characters that are this well-developed in my, in my opinion, you know, I know, I know you're a fan of Watchmen, um, uh, but I wouldn't say that Man of Steel had characters that were this like three-dimensional or BVS even. Uh, I'm hoping that the Snyder cut does, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hope, hoping, I'm opening for some hoping. Uh, I'm hoping that the Snyder cut has characters that are this rich, but I really do think that James Gunn's script was a big reason as to why this movie worked for me, uh, because I think he can write characters that are very well developed and interesting. I mean, look what he does with Guardians of the Galaxy, what he did with that movie Slither and Super. I recently watched, uh, some clips from his PG porn series, which is hilarious. <laughs> and I just think he's, he's the perfect ying to Snyder's yang. You know what I mean? Yes. 
And yeah. I agree with you. I think it is his best film. And I'm glad that he's going to be doing Army of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, I hope that he's got <laughs> a screenwriter who's on the level of Gunn. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, that's what's been lacking in some of his later films. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad that I really enjoyed this movie when I was dreading it at one point. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Great characters, great zombie design, and also uh, just great scenes of tension as well. Um, the the zombie baby is something I'll never forget and also <laughs> the the lady who was on the bed and then just starts running at them uh was very traumatizing oh, yeah. as well so yeah man I, you know you have a really great zombie film when the zombies aren't the most interesting part of the movie yeah and this is one of them um especially when you see the conflict between the characters and um you know uh uh, when you have some of them like hiding zombie bites and stuff like that, it's it's just very intriguing. Uh, it's a very great examination on on human nature um, and how we as individuals, uh, when we don't work together, when we're kind of um, out, uh, when we're kind of like out to get each other, um, we're the ones that really become uh, just walking zombies in a way. So, yeah, you bring up the interpersonal co- uh conflicts but one of my favorite things about this film was the camaraderie that was built up you know with these characters how there's a new life being uh uh, built in this mall how all these characters have to get along and friendships and romances are brought into the mix Mm -hmm. and just a lot of the humor i think it's a really funny movie you know uh one of the most one of the funniest and most touching elements of this film in my opinion was with ving rames and him talking to the guy at the other building i thought that was such a fascinating funny and beautiful part of the movie Uh that left me a bit optimistic because no matter what people are going to try to connect connect with each other yes and it it was just really it was really heartwarming (laughs) And, and this is a movie where people get brained in you know yeah, exactly. I agree. And also, um, you know, uh, every situation I think requires a hero to stand up. Um, and if that means staying behind so that the others can get ahead, that's exactly what it requires. And, um, you know, that's really what the movie leads up to. And that to me is just like, yeah, you're speaking to me like this, this, give it to me. You know, that's exactly what I love to see in our stories. Uh, if we ever get movies that allow us to improve like that, that to me is like, okay, not only is it entertaining, but also it's like rewarding too, you know, thematically. That's that's what I love to see. I really love that shot of that of the character at the dock and, uh, you know, they're getting away and he's just standing there and you see all the zombies coming out after him, the fire behind him. It's, it's How's so that guy cute. more Superman than yeah right 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was the salesman and he's like the best character um, in the whole movie. And uh, that's just a testament to great writing as well. Yeah, I I'm down. Look, I'll compromise. I'll compromise. Let if Snyder is going to do Man of Steel too, get James Gunn to write it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Get James Gunn to write it. I don't need David Goyer. Yeah. I don't need Chris Terrio. No offense to those guys, but I think Gunn is the better choice yeah. amongst them all. You know. Uh, I love this film and I could watch it over and over again, honestly. And I never thought I'd say that about a movie by Zack Snyder, but I did like Dawn of the Dead. I love yeah. Dawn of the Dead, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, starts off strong and strong. And also um, to conclude this part of the segment. Um, well, well, I got the, the movie question. Oh, okay. My bad. The, the setting, the setting is very unique as well. Um, you know, George Romero introduced us to a horror film with the mall. And so just the idea of like this taking place in a mall to me has always, um, you know, captured my attention. And it's, it's just really cool to see these characters in a mall and, and using their resources, you know, um, mm-hmm. to the best of their ability to try to survive. Yeah. Okay. So we got the movie question and, uh, you know, Angel was trying to take control there, cutting out <laughs> the movie question entirely. Uh, so our movie question is, what is a movie that you watched from a director and it completely changed your opinion on his filmography and his potential? Like for me, watching Dawn of the Dead, it influenced my opinion on Zack Snyder as a director. You know, mm-hmm. what he's capable of in my eyes. Because before I was like, oh man, what he did with Man of Steel, BVS, I'm not a fan of that. I don't care to see more of his stuff. But this kind of shifted that. So yeah. has that ever happened to you? And what did it happen with? Um, I'm trying to think, and I, I can't think of a director that I'm like, okay, I, I don't like this director. And then I've seen a film where it's changed my perspective. I, I can't think of one at the top of my head, but I'm sure mm-hmm. it's happened before. And um, I think it just, it, it's a good way to encourage people to, if you don't like one film from one director, always check out the rest of their filmography and give them a chance and, and, and see what you really think about them. Um, because sometimes you can have directors handle a project and maybe that story just wasn't best for them or their voice wasn't um, best expressed through those characters or, or through that narrative. Um, so I always encourage you, like if, if, if you come across a movie or a director that just doesn't hit you on the first one, you know, feel free to check out the rest of the filmography because mm-hmm. it, it can happen. And I'm, I'm sure it's happened. I just, I just can't think of it at the top of my head. Did it happen with Michael Bay? Because if you watch things like The Rock. Oh, and, yeah. You, know, yeah. you see, there you go right there. Yeah. Michael Bay as a director, you know, uh, there's <laughs> there's films that he's made that I've like, like there's I, he's notorious for like one film that I've actually walked out on the Benghazi yeah. film um, just because I was like, nah, man, this is not the way that this is not the way that I would want to see this story expressed, you know, especially mm-hmm. since it's a, it's a, it's a true damn story, you know, to see product placement and, and you know, gags and, and goosey. It, it, it was crazy. I was like, no, no way. I reject this, you know, um, but <laughs> you, you know, you're banished. Yeah. But there, there are films, you know, that Michael Bay has, the thing is, I feel like it's gone backwards for Michael Bay. He started like he started off promising, you know, with his earlier films like The Rock and stuff like that. I'm like, this is a director to watch, you know, to look out for. But now I feel like I'm on the other end of it where it's like, oh, man, you know, he's he's going <laughs> into his really bad tendencies. Yeah. Um, and he's not. He just the doesn't story. give a shit. You know, there's a there's a really great interview I, I saw with Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise. Um and literally, I, I honestly, for those of you who are filmmakers, for those of you who are, are wanting to write, for those of you who, are to be, who want to be actors and stuff like that, check out this interview with Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise. Uh, they're on movie phone. Steven Spielberg literally talks into the camera and he's basically saying, I don't give a damn if you know anything about cameras or how pretty you can make something look. When I watch short films, whether it be digital or on film, when I watch independent movies, when I watch feature films, I am watching movies to see how good a storyteller is because for me, when it comes to cinema, I care about the story. 
And so with Michael Bay, I feel like that's not his priority. His not, it's not his priority is, is the story. Right. Um, which I think all great films at their foundation is a great storyteller. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, that's what yeah. I look for in movies. I honestly thought where you were going with that movie phone thing was, I, I thought you were going to say that Steven Spielberg like looked into the camera and he dissed Michael Bay. Like you ain't shit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> which would have been pretty funny but i agree that when it comes to it, i mean why else are you trying to make it other than to make money but you want to tell the story right yeah. and when you see the opening of like transformers that that night film the one where it's like the the nights and stuff i don't know if you saw it but i only saw the the opening of it it's just like this is not this isn't about the story. You know, this isn't about yeah. it. This is about theatrics. This is about theatricality and deception. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all that. It's like, oh my God, what happened to him? Especially when you watch The Rock, where it's enjoyable. Sean Connery's really funny in it, along with Nicolas Cage. There's something to say within The Rock. It's really bizarre, you know? Yeah. Really weird. The criticism that Martin Scorsese has on MCU films is misplaced. And I think it, it it's it's valid with Michael Bay, actually, mm. when it comes to amusement parks. When you watch Michael Bay's later filmography, and I think he's talented. Don't get me wrong. I think Michael Bay is insanely talented. And I think he knows what he's doing also. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but for when I watch his movies, the way I respond to it authentically is that I am watching really a, a $200 million commercial, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that to me is like an amusement park. When, when you get on a ride, you're, you're, you're on it for the thrills, really. Um, yeah. You're not in it for the, the, the story, you know, you're not in it for when was this ride made, you know, <laughs> you know, and stuff like Even that. Even with, with rides that are themed and have yeah. stories on them. Yeah, exactly. Just you know? get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. You get on, you get on it for the adrenaline rush, yeah. you know, but great movies offer more than that adrenaline rush. They have that, but they also have something more meaningful, right. meaningful, which is um, emotional. Um, and so when I watch Michael Bay's later filmography, it's like, no, those are the amusement parks. And he knows that he knows that he knows yeah. what he's doing. Um, and he's okay with that. And we, as the audience, we're okay with that too, because it's like, we know what we're getting into. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. Don't involve me, man. I think you're talking about China. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, you mean exactly. them. Yeah. They're paying for it. <laughs> Leave they me are. out of that. And shit. they're providing the cars. They're providing this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. In the fourth movie, when uh, Stanley Tucci has that, that, <laughs> that he turns it into a beat, one of Dre's oh, beats. Man. Like, get the. F- I'm ex- expecting Dr. Dre to show up as a Transformer. Oh my God. I'm the I'm the cannabis con. Dude, don't even remind me. I'm the chronic con the chronic con. The chronic con. <laughs> Yo, I'm the chronic con. <laughs> the GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at Goat Film Podcast, Instagram The Goat Podcast, and The Goat Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.